0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to back to another episode of Stay Curious. I am your host, Matt Fisher. I'm your co-host, Matt Fisher, because the person I'm about to introduce <laughs> is equally a host. <laughs> that person is John Waggler. John, yes. How are you, bud?
1: I'm doing good. I, I, um, I don't love winter.
0: You don't love winter.
1: I do. It doesn't like fully like. I mean, it doesn't like bother me. Bother me. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But like, I just. I don't know. Everyone's happier when it's 75. I will
0: say the sun not being up for very long is hard.
1: That can yeah, – well, yeah, of course. Like but. picking
0: my kid up from an after-school activity and it being dark, <laughs> dark is Dark, I know. It is weird.
1: Because um, yeah. I, I
0: just think when it's dark, you want to – okay, time to huddle in and like – but –
1: I've been able to play more golf this winter than normal, so mm. like that was been good. Yeah, you know, because we have like we've had a little warmer mm-hmm. winter, I think, through December, and then but the beginning of January is always like so cold. Yeah, you know, into the first part of February, and um, yeah, I just don't like it.
0: I had a revelation yesterday, talking to a mutual friend of ours about long underwear and when I put long underwear on. Hmm. I put long underwear on when it's not that cold. I would say like below 40 I'll wear long underwear. And it made me realize I don't I like the cold. I don't like to be cold. Part of right. what's fun, uh, yeah. like part of the reason I like winter is because I like to bundle up and and like not be It's kind of like at night, you know, it's like nice to be under the covers and like yeah. you don't want your room freezing, but it's it's the reason we keep fans on during the you know, you want it to be a little colder than is comfortable sure. outside the 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 comforter, or the sheets or whatever. That's the thing is I actually like bundling up. I I had that I accidentally went on my morning walk without a certain layer on. I think it was I don't know, a flannel or something. And it was just a little cold, but no. I was like, "Oh, I don't actually like being cold at all. I like it being cold outside and me being warm under layered up. Layered up. Yeah, layered yeah. up. You know, face covered, gloves, beanie, the whole thing. Like just yeah. I guess I just like my eyes and my the nose, the bridge of my nose being cold. <laughs> Um I just
1: like T shirt and shorts. Yeah, yeah I do.
0: I get it. I mean I you also grew up somewhere with brutal winters. Like I, I grew up in a place with no seasons. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> so I get that. It's kinda too. like I got my fill I do. Of,
0: I got my fill of sun and sand. Yeah. Well, you're fair and okay though. No, no seasonal no seasonal <laughs> no depression. No seasonal depression. I, mean,
1: I that's not like a thing. I just Yeah. I just don't like it. Just don't like it. <laughs> just plain don't like
0: it. <laughs> that's right. Um well Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We are going to continue our conversation about somebody else's podcast. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) talk about – continue talking about the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Um, But this episode, we're going to get a little more into like specifics of lessons we learned and and kind of like themes that we want to talk about, less about like the actual content of that podcast. But it would be disingenuous to pretend like the conversation we're having today wasn't completely spurred on by both of our – consuming this content, which reminds me, I honestly don't know that I would have listened to the podcast if you weren't so, when it first came out, <laughs> you and Lacey were like so psyched on we, it. We were. I mean, yeah. bummed about it, but like, we're so like, dude, you gotta You're listen good. to
1: this yeah, podcast. It's, yeah, it's so intense.
0: So intense. Um, so we're going to continue that conversation today, but before we do, we are going to do another installment of our new segment for 2022, Stay Stay Furious. Here. all right what are we furious about this week john this one's not a hard one this is like an eternal fear curiosity is, yes. <laughs>
1: this is like yeah wait
0: Kay. i want to coin a new, <laughs> a new word curiosity <laughs> because when some you're curious about something it's a curiosity yeah. you have curiosity when you're furious about something it's yep. a curiosity
1: <laughs> this is shopping carts in um grocery stores that i it makes me livid when I see people um, either not putting their cart back. Um, th- the only reason I think you should use the corral is if like you're just, you're really far away from the front door. Sure. Um, but I Four think. Or kids are in the car. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, reasons yeah, yeah, for yeah, the corral. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're pregnant. Sure. You know, um, but like, even if you're using the corral, like put it in, like don't just like slam it in there and leave. Like, cause someone has to come behind you and like order it. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's like disrespectful of the person that's coming, you know, yeah. behind it. Um, but if you're like able-bodied and within reasonable walking distance distance of the front door, just take your cart like back in there.
0: Back in, back don't in. Don't put it on the front porch. Correct. Put it in
1: and and put it in to where like the line yeah. of carts. Like, don't just like throw it in there.
0: They're amazing. Uh, they're they're amazing marvels of modern engineering. They fit together. I know. Um, the little flap comes up. You yeah. put the carts together.
1: I, the only like the only reason you should leave your cart mm. is if there's an emergency, <laughs> like a real emergency, like, a real emergency. Yeah. like you, you, your water just broke. Yeah. You pooped you your, got pant. you pooped the your pants. True emergency. I mean, <laughs> like, look, true emergency. if
0: you're already at the point where you have fully pooped your pants, you can take just a second <laughs> to put the cart back. But um,
1: yeah, I just think like there, outside of an emergency, don't be lazy and selfish. Like, just put the cart back.
0: Yeah. Especially because, like, I feel like going and getting carts is not a punishment per se, but it's not the job that anybody really no. – Like, when you have to go get carts, if you've ever worked at a grocery store or a department store, going and getting carts is kind of the, like, there's absolutely – this either absolutely has to happen because there's no carts, or I literally have nothing else I could be doing right now, and yeah. now I have to go get the carts. Sometimes, I, if I can remember being 14 and working at the Publix in Ormond Beach, Florida, I th- – feel like maybe cart duty was a punishment. Like I screwed up and the manager was like, go get the carts.
1: Yeah. And I get it. Like people are like, well, it's someone's job, like they're going to go. I'm like, no, like, could you say anything more privileged than what you just said? Yeah, you, you know, I'm like, I just, I don't know. And, and I said this during a sermon one time, I said, you know, I wouldn't hire someone that, doesn't put their cart back.
0: I love the idea of you being in the midst of like uh, like an interview process and then you bump into the person and you notice that they don't. That's like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> That's true. He did put his cart back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I will say I do – I think we share a love of the game of trying to see how far away you can oh, be gosh, to no launch the cart into the correct. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. But if you miss, go put it go back put it the back. right way.
1: Like today, I had to go get all the stuff for our smoothies this morning. I'm walking out and I got two bags of my hand milk. And so I'm, I'm pushing the, like the smaller of the carts. Yeah. I got one hand and I had to do like a little side push to see yeah, if sure. I could get in there. And I was probably a solid 25 feet away. It went right in. And I had someone else been with me, <laughs> I would have celebrated with them. <laughs> but I just internally celebrated and walked out. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. Put your carts back. How do you feel about people who leave grocery items where they're not supposed oh, to be? Oh my
1: gosh. I cannot. Is that worse for you, do you feel like?
0: Like, if you see, like, pancake mix sitting in the... <laughs> in the next in to peanut the like, butter. <laughs> yeah, next to peanut butter or something.
1: I just... It's all just laziness. Like, that's what it is. Like, I'm like... Truly. You, you know where you got it from. You didn't just, like, forget. But, man, where did I get the chocolate chips yeah. from? You know what I'll do? I'll put it in the freezer next to the waffles. <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't, like... It doesn't even make sense. So it's just pure laziness and it it annoys me. I love
0: the idea of you just walking around the grocery store with like (laughs) your face beat red and like the veins in your neck bulging out. Just so mad. Oh man. I am, mine's kind of a continuation of last week, which is that I'm mad that the infrastructure is collapsing. (laughs) Like I just, I have, I've said this before on the podcast. I understand that what I'm about to say is overly simplistic. And very hippie-ish. But it's like it, – did you ever see the old bumper sticker? It was like a T-shirt or something where it was like it will be a good day in America when the army has to have a bake sale to buy missiles.
1: Yeah. I mean yeah, a long time ago. I know. <laughs> it's a, It was a
0: very 60s, 70s yeah, yeah. like thing. But like I know it's more complicated than that. But I'm just agitated that like all of these – like all of our friends that are teachers are either so stressed that they can't deal with it yeah. or like that they are like not well or they're quitting same with nurses and healthcare workers and it's just like we just haven't structured things so that those people are incentivized <laughs> to to like put up with this kind of what where the world's at right now like so yeah. i get it when that they're quitting and and like walking out it's like a hero banner like heroes work here is not compensation for all of the stuff that you go through <laughs> to do those especially i think especially teachers not to like downplay what nurse ner- cuz nurses have to deal with the covid thing like Frontline, frontline. Yeah, but like, you cannot like pay somebody thirty two thousand dollars a year, which by the way, at this point, is barely a living wage if you have children or whatever, yeah. and give them a Starbucks gift card at Christmas and a button that says you're a hero and like expect them to flourish, <laughs> or yeah. expect any of us to
1: flourish. I, but the, I think the issue goes like even before this though, right? Like it's like a systematic thing. Oh, this is totally
0: a COVID is not the problem; it is revealing the problem.
1: Yeah, it's like a you know. Should good teachers like the whole ec- education system, someone needs like I can't do it. Like I don't I don't have yeah. all the answers, but I'm just like it doesn't work. I'm just saying it
0: makes me mad. I'm not saying I have. Yeah, the answer. I, I just, mean, my answer is
1: and the whole thing is gonna get flipped upside down. My
0: answer is always going to be the same, which is cut military spending by like. <laughs> One thirty second of its current its yeah. current expenditure and dump it into the public school system. It's
1: very complicated, and I get all that. I get like it, but or maybe it's not. I, you know,
0: there is also always a, a, the furious part of me is always like, is it
1: is it complicated? <laughs> like, take the money from there
0: and put it over here. It's
1: like it's probably more complicated than sell that, a couple of <laughs>
0: Apache missiles to Russia or whatever, and. I know, but I am furious. And, you know, sometimes being furious makes us not as rational. And so I'm not looking for a rational answer. I'm just saying (laughs) I'm agitated. And my answer is... Hard stuff. Sell a nuke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To who? That's a real danger. It's like, (laughs) I remember the first time I was like, well, if they would like get rid you know offload some of this stuff and they were like somebody said
1: who are they going to sell it to and
0: i was like i don't know somebody we're not currently at war with
1: i guess that's like on a rotational basis
0: yeah like who's got money to burn but also doesn't hate us and like wants a couple of tanks
1: elon musk (laughs) you want to fix the school system sell a nuke to elon
0: musk Oh, don't even get me started on how Elon Musk could sneeze and fix most of the public (laughs) school system with the amount of money he has. Oh, man, that makes me furious uh, so much that I'm laughing. Um, All right. Well, we are going to take a short break and then uh, get back into kind of talking about some of the things that we learned, some of the conversations that were spurred by the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast put out by Christianity Today and produced by Mike Cosper. Um, Credit where credit is due. And uh, I think today we're going to kind of focus on what does this mean? Like what does this story mean? What did we learn from it um, regarding leadership, power dynamics, um, sort of the higher level functionality of definitely our community but I think the church as a whole. Um, So we'll take a quick break and then come back. Y'all know we stay curious over here. Over here, here, here. And we're back. So we are going to continue this conversation that, again, was kind of brought on by our consumption of the content that is known as the rise and fall of Mars Hill, the podcast. Um, So last time we kind of got into some of the, you know, what the podcast was about, why it affected us. It was a little more personal. It was about like, what did I learn about me? Um, But now we kind of want to bring up and cover – some more specific things that um, uh, the podcast, I don't know, stirred up in mm-hmm. us. Um, the first one of which um, is something that you and I have talked about before, but never – I don't know that we've ever fully done a, an episode on it, but it's this idea of like leadership and social media or like yeah. specifically church leadership and yep. social media. So tell me a little bit about what you're thinking on this and like why it kind of relates to uh, what we learned from this podcast.
1: Well, we all know that the internet is the devil's playground. And <laughs> really? so, so it's not like rocket science there. But I had, so when the, when the episodes started coming up, you know, when Mars Hill started first taking off, the whole like social media internet engagement was new. Yeah. You know, and then Gosh, certainly I mean, new end. MySpace yeah. back then. Yeah. So they were doing some things on the front end like no one was doing with yeah. like their website and content and how they're doing their blogs. And it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was like, super innovative and um i thought it was like really good yeah um but then in the episodes they start talking about how like oh when mark says something this way we get way more hits Mm. when and so they were reading the analytics and so so at the end of the day like they started basing what they were doing on their media platforms based off of clicks or whatever and they understood there were certain dynamics so then they would go to mark and they would say like hey when you get amped up about this, like people like tune in and they share it more, they do, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so Instagram, Facebook weren't even around back then. But like the, when I think about what's happening now, I'm like, man, this is what like so many leaders are doing. Yeah, It's like, um, and I'm just gonna speak from a pastoral context. Like it's, listen, your personal page, whatever, like, you know, that's, I still think there's some things there you should take into consideration. Um, But from a pastoral context, I'm always like, I think that pastors don't take social media serious enough. Meaning like, you know, um, if your whole life is spent on like Instagram stories and like, even your kids are just on Instagram all the time. Um, I'm not saying like here and there that's, that's whatever. But I'm just like every single day or it's just like your whole life is just on there for everyone to see. I think you have to ask the question, why are you doing it? Mm. Like what 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 is the the cost benefit of this? Because what is being shaped in kids and your kids is like my life is for everyone else. Right. Or, you know, they're they're getting addicted to seeing what's, you know, on the screen. And like, do someone say something about it? Someone, you know, we, we see this all the time. But the other thing is like what it does for pastors in terms of like arrogance and pride and importance and power and everything. And they, I think I'm like, I'll I'll never understand why like pastors are posting like workout videos, Mm. you know, and like showing themselves like flexing in the mirror or like doing, and they might say, listen, they might say like, I'm trying to inspire other people. If you went through a big body change, Mm -hmm. I can understand that of just like, but like when it's like my daily grind or whatever, I'm like, I don't know. Like you could also just say you worked out this morning. Yeah. Like rather than like showing pictures of you sweating and you do like all these different things. I'm like, I'm just, you know, with so many pastors that fall because of like, Oh, I got in this DM conversation with this woman Mm -hmm. or with this man or whatever. And with so many stories like that, I'm like, what do we, why are we not creating boundaries, you know, with this? And the other thing, Corey, who's our youth pastor, and I had a funny conversation. This is probably a couple months ago, but I will never understand why pastors essentially regram mm. what, um, someone else said about them.
0: Ooh. I don't know if I've ever seen, I'm like so blind to all this. Cause I don't So like You know how people any, will be like, yeah. so if you're
1: like, like, um, like, well, it's
0: not true. I follow like Pete Scazzaro and Rich Fiodos. Okay. I think
1: so like Rich does it occasionally.
0: Really? Yeah. Not,
1: not a ton. Yeah. Um, um, the reason why I know is because, like, I, I've i said everyone should read his book, yeah, and he like reposted it. Uh. Now, the argument to that would be like, well, he's trying to like sell books, or like, right. wh- you know, he's like trying to like increase his reach because what his book is good, and right. I understand that, okay. Um, I understand when someone has a book and all that stuff, um, to a certain degree. Yeah. I, what I don't understand is like, so if I so, if I'm preaching a sermon and someone posts something about my sermon, mm-hmm. like I don't understand why I'm gonna repost that. Oh, it's yeah. like me being like going out and being like, "Hey, everyone, look what someone just said that was really nice about me, yeah, you know, and I don't get it well, so I don't like it, but maybe I could
0: give you if you truly don't get it, well, maybe I could give you a
1: <laughs> i mean i was I get it in terms of like. The, the, the possibility of someone like being like, well, you know what? We have a public interaction together, yeah that people can see. Or this person thought it was important. maybe that speaks to someone else. Or yeah. like I get that in theory. I'm judging by what happens on social media, I just don't believe that that's what people are actually doing.
0: yeah as a whole. I think the core intent is to actually make the person who posted it feel like you're a real person.
1: So then just send him a message.
0: I'm with you on that. But I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in the position of like, I always talk about like the Mountain Goats is my favorite band. And they're like on the grand scheme of things, not a super huge band, but they're definitely big for an indie rock band, right? And I really like the singer. I like the things he says. Like I would, I like him more than a musician. I appreciate his viewpoint, his worldview. So, like, when he interacts with me on Twitter, it makes me feel good. Sure. And he probably knows that, like, answering fans makes them feel good. Yeah. So I think that the the intent or, like, the, the sort of, like, positive argument is, oh, it makes the other person feel good that this person that they see as somehow above or beyond them mm-hmm. has acknowledged that they're reading their book or watching their sermon or whatever. I think where I would agree with you is that, A, that might be the positive intent, but it's not generally the reality. Mm -hmm. But also it's sort of in a low key way, acknowledging your own importance by saying like, by saying I'm one of you, the subtext is I'm not one of you.
1: (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. That's my point. Like I, I just, maybe if you injected the person with truth serum and they were just like, no, this is like just genuine interaction. And, and I don't, it doesn't make me more prideful. I don't get anything out of it. I, I would be okay. Yeah. That's yeah, totally maybe, fine. Yeah,
0: Like there's, there's a, the, uh, there is a reality in which rich for instance would be like, I just wanted John to know that like I see him and appreciate yeah. that he's reading
1: my book. And I do and, want people to read my book and, yeah. and, and I get that. And, and some, and I do leave some gracious room for someone who's got a book. Okay. Um, because I do understand that like you do want to sell it, <laughs> you yeah. know? So I do leave some room there. I, I just don't leave a lot of room Um, with like, like your own sermon Mm. and I, I just don't understand why pastors so frequently are trying to build a brand Mm -hmm. or trying to build like a platform in terms of like, even like sharing their own sermon clips. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand it.
0: Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we lose track of going back to the like Mars Hill thing is that, um... We kind of want to believe that everybody is like a, you know, the term is tabula rasa, like a blank slate moral agent moving through life, making good and bad decisions, Sure, right? The reality of it is, though, is that we're all wired differently. Now, that doesn't give somebody the right to do something bad or do something like unjust. But those – the guys that we're going to mark being like, hey, when you say this, we get more clicks. We have to remember that like those guys – Probably didn't mean anything harmful by it. Their brains yeah. are just wired. They're, uh, you know, Correct. maybe five on the that. They're literally or something doing like their job. Yeah, they're literally just like. Yeah. To me, it's interesting, and and like I don't know. I'm just a, I'm an analytics and a and a like. They weren't thinking about the moral ramifications sure. of it. Probably, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but in the same way now, the algorithms and all that stuff. It's like. It just does what it does. It does what it was created to do. It's not a moral agent. It's up to us to decide how to use it and what's right and what's wrong. Like we joke like the internet is the devil's playground, which is true in a lot of ways. And like the Instagram is evil. TikTok is evil, whatever, whatever. But the reality of it is, is that like it's just doing what it's built to do. And the people who built it probably aren't evil people. They're just the kinds of people who are problem solvers. And so somebody came to them and said – Hey, a problem is um, people uh, don't get to see each other. Uh, you know, it's probably a good problem. Like, hey, you know, people live far apart; they don't get to see each other enough. We should, we should solve that problem so that people can see pictures of one another more often. And then <laughs> sure. those people go into their, room. you know, it's this concept of like powers and principalities being like a higher level of evil, meaning that the individual agents aren't necessarily all set toward evil; they're just all doing their own thing with siloed with no transparency and no one asking the question is this wise yeah um
1: yeah like i just don't yeah like right, that's uh, i mean i think that yeah, that's important to note yes. that like
0: the problem here is the lack of transparency and the lack of leadership the lack of somebody or some people standing above it all not above it all but like outside of it all going cool this is all working the way that it's meant to work but should it be
1: Right, like I get it. Like if you've got a business and you're doing this, I get it. Yeah. Like I, I am strictly speaking to like pastors. Like in in that piece, there absolutely could be pastors out there that they're not impacted by it what one bit. Um, I just, I, I find it hard to believe, but I, <laughs> I, 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 it's possible. Yeah. You know, and and I leave room for that. I just. I don't know, like I, there's also like a consumeristic culture. So like even the Mars Hill, what they did is as a, as amazing as an innovative mindset that they had and what they did. But they also, the the flip side is they created a personality and a brand for Driscoll that made um, Christians be more consumeristic. Mm. And so and when we become consumers, it kills our faith. Mm. And so, again, some of the stuff with social media is like, I just think we have to be more careful about. It. So even from like a church. So if I was talking to a church creative team, I would say like, hey, I'm not telling you to not post something about the the sermon, um, but just don't make it always about the pastor. Yeah. Like and don't make it always about you know like like really pay attention to what are you doing creatively in the message that you're sending out um, as a church because at the end of the day, again another thing that we see with the social media element is and this is the downside about like the brand and everything is that the church then takes on the church is always going to take on the personality of the lead people. Yeah. You have no choice in that. It, yeah. it just will. Um, but because that's leadership and that just happens and that like, you can't get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do think it, it is a very critical thing of the leadership of the church and like the creative team of the church to downplay that as much is possible yeah. and in every way, shape and form that they can so that it doesn't get built on the person.
0: Yeah. And it's also in it's so insidious when we get into this concept of brand building. Again, we have to remember that it is an animal that does what it does. And you can sort of train the elephant to, to ride it, but it's still a thing that is made to eat a lot make another elephant and trample whatever is in it, in its path. You have to always remember that like, okay, cool. We have tamed this dog, but like this dog still is like engineered to hunt and eat and attack anything. That's like yeah. invading its cave. Right. Yeah. And with social media, it's like, um, or branding, like even take just branding in general. If you were to start preaching with a paper bag on your head, because we were like, we just want to like, no brand, like, no, we just want it to be the word, right? The brand would be, oh, there's a pastor that, that preaches (laughs) with a brown bag on his head and people would love it. Yeah. Right. Like the, the no brand is a brand. Once you've decided that you're going to put your stuff on the internet. And I think that was a huge thing with Mars Hill was like, it was revolutionary to put the stuff on the internet. Because this was back when, you know, for our younger listeners, this was back when you used to go on a website and right click a file. (laughs) And download it. There was no streaming. There was no iTunes. There was no – you would download it and put it on your – if you were lucky, iPod or Zune. (laughs) Like you know, this little thing that you carried around. Um, But it's like if you don't enter into that – in the same way that if you don't like treat fire with the respect that it deserves, you're going to end up burning yourself or burning your house down. Like entering into that space where you are now talking to people who are not in the room with you. Um, you have to like treat it with the level of respect that it's not going to do what you want it to do. Yeah. It's going to do what it does. And you have to figure out whether or not you can ride the horse.
1: Yeah. And I'm not even, and let me also say, I'm not saying I've handled this perfectly or that our oh, church yeah. does. Or no, anything. I used to be a creative director. I'm not saying that yeah, we did it perfectly at all. Yeah. I just, this, this conversation needs to happen more. And I understand the rebuttal of like, well, no, there are people in my community who like want to see someone in my role, like being a good father. I'm not saying to not do some of these things because like that can be a good thing. I just, I think leaders have to be aware of the the temptation of what attention does. And I don't think leaders, again, pastoral leaders pay enough attention to this reality of saying like, Hey man, when I keep putting my life out there, like in this manner that, um, and I'm I'm doing it for clicks or likes or whatever, Um, Even if I started off with like good intent, there's a serious temptation there to be like, whoa, this just moved into a territory that really people are just consuming my life. Mm -hmm. And so I've made consumers out of people and I'm not making disciples. i made consumers out of people and this is actually a detriment to them. And so uh, maybe you do want to show you're a good dad or whatever and for the purpose of being like, to inspire other people. Well, maybe just think through what that looks like, you know, being intentional about it, you know? And, and when you're selling your books or whatever that, that, again, that to me, that feels like a different category because it's like a, it's like a business that you're doing at that point in time. But, um, but anyway, I just think as pastors, what I saw in like Mars Hill, I was like, man, you know, they did all these like super cool things, but there was a devilish side yeah. to it so quickly, even though I do believe they started off in like a really good. My guess would be they started off in a good mindset of being yeah. like we can reach a lot of people. And so they hired very creative people to do that. And the, the point is, those creative people probably had a good like, oh, we can.
0: They were doing what they yes. do. Yeah. But
1: I'm saying the downside to yeah. that is from Pastorle, You, we've got to be over the top with like boundaries and over the top with like making sure we aren't building something that I don't care what anybody says. Like when someone likes a post or like retweets something right. or like it feels good. Yeah.
0: Like, it's because it's engineered to work that yeah. way.
1: And it's okay. It feels good. I'm not saying it yeah. like that's a bad thing. I'm just, I don't think enough pastors are careful enough with it. Yeah.
0: And I, you know, I think that it all goes back to like, you saw Jurassic park, right? I mean, so long. It's so long ago. Well, there's the scene where Jeff Goldblum's character is like railing against the idea that they're make that they're making dinosaurs, right? And he basically says, like, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, nobody stopped to ask whether or not they should. And that's what bad leadership gets you. Yeah. It's like leadership is your job is not to decide whether or not we can do this; it's to decide whether or not we should. And as an extension of that if the leadership is singular. So in this case, like, the elders were not asked whether or not we're putting the sermons online. Right. The creative department came to Mark, and Mark made a singular unilateral decision. Yes. If this gets more people listening, Let's do it. Yeah.
1: I'll yell a little bit more. I'll do it. Right.
0: And that also sort of plays into, I think, last episode you mentioned, some of it's just like his age, like the lack of wisdom. You know, you can only—my dad always used to say you can only fit five pounds of potatoes— in a five pound sack you can't fit 10 pounds in there like if you're 28 or 32 or 40 like that's how wise you are um you can be a little wise beyond your years but like you cannot have the for the hindsight of someone who's 60 or 70 or 80 and knowledge says can we do it wisdom asks should we yeah and i think that's like that's the thing is it's a it's such a promethean like it's a, such a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. It's like I was so preoccupied with whether or not we could accomplish this, I didn't ask should we. The other thing that I kind of wanted to bring up is this: I, I've struggled with this. Like I struggle with this all the time with my, I, you know, I sort of shifted my Instagram and my Twitter. Twitter still pretty much. But like my Instagram used to always be funny, a little irreverent. And then it kind of, you know, it was a lot of me posting stuff that I thought was funny. Mm -hmm. And then everything happened and it was all social justice stuff and like the, all of the marching we were doing and all of that stuff. And then I kind of, for me, it felt like a big change and like sort of a personal revolution of being like, what if I'm just like talking about the pond? Like what if I'm sharing with people, like what a, what a shift that'll be and what a good shift that'll be. But in the last six months, the really the main question has been, should I share anything at all? Sure. And, you know, like, what what's the point? And the thing that—the temptation always comes in the form of people get something out of it. Like, people DM you or come up to you at church and totally. say, like, I really love your, like, reflections in the morning. You know, somebody said to me, like, it's kind of like my morning devotional. And, like, of course that puffs up my ego. Yeah. But it also makes me think, like, well, I'm really helping people. Yep. But here's the deal. <laughs> If Jesus had been like, yeah, Satan, I will take all of the kingdoms of the world, things probably would have been good, at least for a while. <laughs> sure, but it wasn't. It wasn't the plan. Like yeah. it wasn't the thing, right? Like real evil, or like real, yeah, real evil. I'll just go ahead and say it. Always has like that element of good, right? Like even even when the devil presents the thing to Eve in the beginning, the, the fruit to Eve in the beginning, it was like surely it was always it was a gaslight, right? It was yeah. like surely like god won't be mad about this or like surely you want to be a little more like god or it was it's always presented as a like here are the 3 helpful things forget about the 8 other things. Yeah. Uh, Three, I'm trying to come up with 10, (laughs) seven, (laughs) whatever. You know what I'm saying though? It's like, there's always going to be an argument for like, yeah, but like I had a guy DM me and, and be like, oh man, you know, I used to weigh 400 pounds and like, I just saw your workout videos and and like, I love your preaching. And like, now I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm a better father than ever. Yeah, that'll happen.
1: Totally. But that doesn't
0: make it that doesn't make it like smart or or wise that doesn't make it wise one or two or 20 or a hundred or a thousand positive outcomes doesn't make a thing wise
1: especially if it it leads you as a leader to what will could end up being like destruction meaning like you make a terrible moral decision or you become consumeristic in your own mindset towards everything or you lose like you care more about your social media presence than you do the people that are under your care, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's some of the stuff that ends up happening. So I'm not even saying to not use social media, you know, or like, no, put content out and put stuff that's helpful to people like, yes, to all of those things. It's just, I'm not so sure that there's enough. It should probably be like a conference breakout at some point in time for, you know, like for like yeah. pastors to be like, hey, let's actually talk social media and what this means because we're tired of seeing so many pastors yeah. get messed up. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, it reminds me of like I, – I think, it again, it's about giving a thing that has power the respect that it deserves. Um, it, it reminds me of like my – I'm obviously not a gun person. My dad was never really a gun person either, but there was definitely like a sort of Boy Scout phase where it was like, okay, we're going to shoot – teach you how to shoot, right? Sure. Um, and I can remember even with like the BB gun, the Red Rider BB gun, which I don't even know if it would have broke skin unless it was really close. My dad was always like, don't point the barrel at yourself or anybody else mm-hmm. unless you intend to shoot them. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember as a kid, cause I was a schmarmy, you know, know it all kid. I was like, there's no BBs in it. What does <laughs> it matter? It's not cocked. What does it matter? There's yeah. no BBs and it's not, tri-. but it was just like, it doesn't matter. Point it at the ground. Yeah. Don't point it at anybody. Yeah. No matter whether you know it's loaded or not. That level of respect of like, this is a thing that can hurt people and you need to treat it this way, even if logically you know there's no ammunition in it and it's not cocked. Yeah. You still point it at the ground because the beha- like the way that you treat it when it's not potentially harmful is the way that you'll treat it when it is like yeah. hot and ready to go. And I think that's the thing with like, Instagram, any the internet, which yeah. is this amazingly powerful thing is like, like you kind of always say, you know, those that are, you know, if you're generous with a little, you'll be generous with a yeah. lot. If you're careful with it, when no one's following you, you'll be careful with it when 2000 people are following yeah. you. And if you're not, I don't know, you gotta let it be.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I, again, there's probably people that do an incredible job with it. And even if they do post a lot they may have just a pure heart than I do and like can handle it better. And I, and I get that, you know, um, I just, that's like part with this podcast that I like over and over again, I was just like kind of reminded yeah. of, man, it's just, it happens so fast, Yeah, you know, like it, it twists so fast, um, that attention grabbing and everything. It just, cause it feels good on the front end and you might even have help people on the front end, yeah. but like, man, it can, it wears at your soul.
0: And there's an aspect of it too that we have to ask ourselves, what is commodification? Like what is making a thing a consumer product? How, when does that happen and is it ever really good? Because yeah. once – even if you make – I don't know of a good example. Tom's Shoes. You remember when Tom's Shoes mm-hmm. was the thing? Oh, it helps people in these poor, you know, poor areas of the world and like it's – they're sustainably made and recyclable and like it seemed you know, – it's a perfect thing. But it's still now a consumer product. Mm-hmm. And thus can be you know taken or left. So when we're preaching the gospel or or leading people into purpose, trying to lead people into purpose, even if you have the best message and the best theology and the best presentation, best meaning like humble pre- or whatever you're nailing it, you, I think we are forced to live in the tension, or we're, we're called to live in the tension of like, when does this move to I can't remember who put it this way, but like once something moves to thou vow, from vowness, to thisness. So there's this and thou, mm-hmm. like this is a object, objectification, right? Like thou is me, you, we're p- people, we're consciousness, right. you know. Like when does your preaching or your music or your small groups or like whatever it is are is it moving into thisness yeah. and out of the the I and thou yeah. relationship? Does that make sense? Is that too It does uh, and it
1: happens that stuff just happens so fast. Like at least it does in me. I mean, like honestly, like when we've had stuff that like people have really liked or whatever, if people like really like a sermon or whatever, I do, I like the encouragement. I do because well, one of my words, affirmation person in my love language, but like, um, and the encouragement does feel good and I can, I can bottle the encouragement, you know, really well. But, but I do know that like, if I started like putting stuff out there more, Just for me personally, I would quickly go down the wrong road, and
0: I think that's the way that we're wired. Like, you know, it's like when Jesus says, "Look, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle." He's not necessarily making a determination of every person who's ever had money. He's saying in general, it's a problem.
1: Yeah, it can be a problem. That's and I think that's true on social media. It's like in general, it's a problem. Yeah, like in general, it's like so many of these pastoral failings like start with something on social media, you know? And, and so it's um, like, I saw something on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago where um, this guy does a lot of research work, um, like put out to, he's got a ton of followers. He was like, who are the under 30 church leaders, you know, that Mm -hmm. we need to know about. And um, like so many people like went back at him and be like, this is literally the worst idea ever. Mm -hmm. Like, don't, Mm -hmm. like, don't, do this, you know, don't try and bring all this attention to like these up and comers and don't, and it's not just like, Oh, like I know I'm 45. It's not like, Oh, you're just in your twenties. I'm not, that's not what I was coming from. It's just like, man, we just gotta be like really careful with like attention and, and all of that. Like that is like, um, it's hard and I get it cause it does. There is pastors. If you, again, if you could get the truth out of them, Quite often, you have a feeling of being up on stage you you will get a rush of well, people are listening to me mm. and um, if you're not careful with like putting that in its proper context, then like it's gonna hurt you and so like so like I'll give you like a check for me as like um, I've told Lacey I was like, man, if I ever lose a nervousness of getting up on stage to preach to people, um, then I need to stop yeah. Because, like, I don't, like, even this past Sunday, I just, like, beforehand, I, like, I can just feel, like, yeah. you know, I even, like, I, I'm not even kidding, every Sunday, because, like, I would just be praying, like, God, you know, like, just speak through me. Like, I just, you know, I have this, like, moment where I'm, like, what if I forget everything I prepared? <laughs> like, yeah. I li- like, literally, yeah. like, it would happen, like, 30 seconds before I go up there, yeah. you know? And, um but there, I don't know, there's just some things as pastors yeah. that I think are important to take in.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, so this will be the last thing that I say about this. But the this podcast is a great, like Driscoll aside, the actual church aside, it's a great um, story of the commodification of theology or of, of church, right? From the from all the way back to the second episode where they talk about the history of things post Billy Graham up into, okay, now we're on the internet and we're getting downloads. Something we talk about here all the time is we sort of joke about it a little bit, which is like how many people say I go to Hill city, but like they only come like twice a year. (laughs) Right. Like you bump into somebody in the supermarket and they're like, Oh yeah, I go to Hill city. And it's like, you literally show up like you're not part of any groups and you show up twice a year. Um, there's a part of this that's like once something is a commodity, it occupies the space in people's heads that is where their like grocery list is. This is the best detergent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I love this detergent. It's sustainably made. So it's a good detergent. It's like sustainably made. The bottle's recyclable. It's inexpensive and they give away 100 percent of their profits or whatever yeah. we are, 60 percent of our profits right? <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. They give away all their profits. But once it's a detergent, it's just like – but it's just like a thing on my shelf. Yeah. Like how – the question is not what detergent you use. It's how often do you do your laundry. Yeah. So it's like if you only do it twice a year, doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Like, And that's the struggle. I'm not saying there's any perfect way to do it. But that's the thing you're constantly fighting against. No matter how good your preaching is, no matter how strong your community is, none of it. If it goes outside the building, which it's engineered to do Mm – By, I mean, like, you know, it's meant to go out into the world. Like, that's a good church. It it follows you through the week, right? Once it does that, it takes on an aspect of commodification that is dangerous. Yeah, and is hypercharged by being on the internet at all. Um, in a way that, like, some old, you know, Anglican church that literally doesn't even have a website or whatever, you know, it doesn't struggle with as much. Again,
1: those those folks. And that they can struggle with other things. And yeah. There's out. other struggles like, for sure. Yeah. it's just like, for when sure. We're talking about like this podcast with Mars Hill is like, it was drumming up right. this reality of attention yep. of like branding yeah. of getting the word out and all that stuff. And again, those things can all be good and you can do them. They're just, I think for me personally, and also if I were talking to other pastors in particular, I would just be like, man, you got to wrestle with this every time you post, mm. you know, or, you know, maybe every month going back and being like, man, how, how did I go about this the right way? And is there something I need to, ch- you know, shift mm-hmm. or change to make sure I'm staying in a good spot? So,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, horse beaten.
0: I know we're beating the source. So we are um, coming to the end of our time. Um, I think that we will do another episode specifically on power dynamics. Okay. Do you feel like that'll be? Long enough. I mean, we can't do that in like five minutes. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll do another sort of a part three um, on power dynamics and how that kind of played into the story, but also how how we see it play out in normal life um, and kind of what we do to make sure that or try to make sure that um, things stay balanced and and stay good. So um, thanks for joining us in this. Uh, second part of our conversation um, kind of spinning off of uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. If you have questions, comments, quotes, quips, or concerns, you can email them to stay Curious at hillcityrva.com. Make sure to rate and review us if you get a chance. Share the episode so that others can get in on the conversation. And as always, remember until next time to stay curious. curious. <laughs>